Hey, Space Watchers. This is Space Cafe Radio, your channel about trends, people, conferences, and super cool awards. I'm Torsten, publisher of Space Watch Global, and I had the awesome opportunity talking with Thomas Krugler, co-founder and CEO of Aurovatech, a German new space startup in Munich with a unique mission. I talked with him directly after he and his team won the Spark, the German Digital Award 2021 in Berlin. Congratulations for winning this prize. How does it feel? Thanks, Thorsten, for having me. I would say great. It was such a surprise uh, for me because they even didn't tell me upfront that I'm winning. And then they had all the videos from the others prepared. They prepared everything and didn't tell us anything. It was a super huge surprise. I'm really happy about it. What is this a prize about? It's actually the Spark Digital Award as a yearly prize by Handelsblatt, one of the major economic newspapers in Germany and McKinsey. And this year it's about net zero economy, how to transform us to a net zero carbon economy. There were 10 startups nominated for this. And all of them are super great and all of them are super important to a net zero economy. One, for example, is called Elva and they actually make it easy that also my grandma could charge and has no problem to choose the right card. Or the other one, they put CO2 into concrete. So building could be CO2 negative or planetly they help you to track carbon in your company in real time, like your typical accounting and KPI reporting. And all of them have such a great ideas and they're so super important and therefore even more happy they have chosen us. There's a reason that you won yeah. the prize. So give us a short pitch for our audience what Aurora Tech does. Aurora Tech is focusing on a very important topic and that's wildfires. These fires are not only in the media all the time. They are really devastating huge areas. Every year, there's area burning half of the size of Germany all over the globe. On the other side, just the wildfires in Australia in the winter from 1920, they account for as much CO2 as 40% of world Germany. So it's really a thing where we need to react. And the fires, of course, they're also very normal sometimes. But because of the climate change, because of more droughts, you need a solution to actually tackle this. Otherwise... They also debased cities. But just to repeat it, when there's a fire, regardless yes. of wildfire, but when you're burning wood, then you emit CO2 and other gases. Exactly. Already. Exactly. Yeah. Also that the gases, when they come to a city, you see the pictures from Singapore sometimes, it's shortening the lives of the people. We build a platform to, on the one side, help to tackle climate change or live with climate change that includes wildfires but also other new happenings for the climate change like droughts. And on the other hand, help to identify all the contributors to climate change. Of course, wildfires, if they're human-made, are a contributor on the one hand. On the other side, for example, one project now with major oil and gas companies, the World Bank and ESA, it's about gas flaring. We track the gas flares with our own satellites. We can really give important information there to reduce this, we really can have an impact on reducing this, this huge impact of destroying our nature because we need to really get an overview of the whole world. Did you know that Germany is 
one of the big importance of gas flaring. Yes, we don't flare in Germany, but the gas we import, we flare. So it's not fair to just say when we use gas, it makes some CO2 and we put a price on this. We should price the whole supply chain by using this gas. What is the rationale by flaring gases? Do you know, or is it a technical thing? We should be happy to use these gases for heating our houses or for the industry, or is that too naive? Unfortunately, because there's probably enough gas, they flare it continuously or discontinuously. Continuously, it doesn't make a huge whistle for me. It's just easier. Discontinuously, I understand because you also do it for preventing an overpressure case, for example. Got it. We have COP26 in Glasgow finishing this week. How are these fires connected to the entire climate change movement? How big is that impact and how can we tackle it? If you build satellites, that sounds for me, you have these 100 kilo class huge satellites that can look in every corner, but potentially the reality looks a bit different, does it? Yeah, to be more accurate, so the product we sell today still has about six to eight hours delay in fire detection, worst case delay. There are many times in the day where it's much, much quicker. And this worst case delay, we need to get it smaller and smaller. The current system is used, for example, in huge areas like South America, Canada and Australia, where there is nobody in the forest. So nobody sees the fire. It burns a few days if nobody takes on it. Currently, the hugest customer group is also a commercial forestry. So they put the price tag directly on a hectare of forest. And when we can help them to prevent a fire, they save a lot of money at the end or have more revenue. So they even used at the moment towers <laughs> where people stand on it or towers with cameras or planes to fly around. But this system doesn't scale to the world. But you also need a three-time system like towers. That's why we build satellites. Our satellite is actually at the size of a shoebox. We put in the shoebox two of our cameras The first satellite is going up now in January. With these, we can really get in the long run when the constellation is full, fires within 30 minutes in real time without any delay. The important part is to analyze the fire in space on the satellite, on the GPU, and get the information directly down. You have it within a few minutes at the fire brigade and not like today when you wait on an overpass somewhere and then it's hours. Your satellite is like shoebox. Taking my shoes, it's a 6U satellite. Exactly. You see some old renderings of 3U, but okay. um, we can only aim for 6U. Um, I think that's, that's a sensor. What makes that special? Or plus software then, of course, did you have a chance to test your sensors already in space? Or are you doing it with your mission in January? The January mission is the first test of the sensor in space. It's, of course, already now fully qualified on ground with all the standard tests you do here. We once tried it on a drone, so we had several tests on a drone, on a balloon. Earlier you said your service is already in place, so there's a software detection. And with your satellite, you add new sensors, so you just enhance the service. Correctly stated? Exactly. So our customers, they have the service detects fire within X hours. Every time we add satellites, it detects fires a little bit faster. Therefore, they just get an upgrade and then they can pay for the upgrade with the satellites. Who is paying for the service today? You mentioned before, mm -hmm. how can you know in our can't save in prevention fires per hectare? But are these guys paying for it already? Yes, they pay for it already, especially if the business case for the commercial forestry. It's completely clear. 
they have their systems in place and although they have towers and so, they use our system for times where there's no one on the tower or sometimes we detect a fire but the guy on the tower doesn't see it because there is not enough smoke or so. They use our system in parallel and they pay for it and the other part is of course the institutional forestry. Like in Quebec, used it last summer and the last fire season. And there, the whole state is taking care of it. Wonderful. Thank you very much for the explanation. Enjoy this prize. You guys obviously deserved it. And good luck for the first mission in space. And that many more are about to come in the future. Thank you, Thorsten. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening today. If you want to stay on the pulse of space, visit our website or mothership at spacewatch.global and subscribe to our newsletters. But don't forget to become a Space Watcher. I'm Thorsten Grinning, CEO and publisher of spacewatch.global, your independent perspective of space. Thank you.